read the topic name or the the episode name and said why did they just split the word like what does behave mean and um i might have just kind of given it away but think about the word behave the word behave is kind of just the union of the two words be and have and i don't know i think i was taking a shower the other day or i might have been on a run um i don't know very recently, I realized that. And I was like, wait, the word behave is just the words be and have. And that might not seem interesting to a lot of people, but for me it was. Because we know now that the bridge between who you are and what you have, what you receive, what you experience in life, is your behavior. So we're always talking about you reap what you sow. Right. Well, what is it that you reap? What you reap is what you get, what you achieve, what you experience in life. So then that begs the question of what is it that you're sowing? What do you sow? And the answer there is your human behavior. Right. So human behavior are the seeds that you sow, which end up reaping the human experience. So if you sow negative behaviors, you reap a negative experience. If you sow positive behaviors, loving behaviors, you reap a positive and a loving experience of life. So how you behave determines what you have. But then we had to ask the question of what determines how you behave. And that is why we focus on identity so much. And that's why me versus me is really at the core is really about identity shifting because who you are determines how you act, which determines what you receive. So be and have are on the two ends of the spectrum. Be who you are, how you are being, or who you are being is at the core. What you have is at the outside. And the bridge there is, all you got to do is just connect the two words, be and have, and that's your behavior. And what if you're told to behave? If so, if you're told to behave, then somebody's essentially telling you to act differently, to behave differently, right? So to, to, to be somebody different. Act in a manner act in a manner that is different than who you're acting as. So change who you are. Dang. You know how many times I've been told to behave? Same. <laughs> Same. <laughs> wow. That's interesting. Yep. Never in my life would I have thought to break apart the word behave. And it'd be so powerful. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't either until I did. It was really weird. I know you brought it up, I think, a couple, couple days, days ago, ago and yeah. I was like, huh? And then I explained it, and you're like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay. So let's take this concept of behave or behave, and let's go through a lifespan, okay. essentially. Okay. So let's kind of talk about what it what it looks like when we're 
being raised by whoever we're being raised by, whether it be our parents, our grandparents, aunts and uncles, whoever. family friend, whoever. Any f- positions of authority. Yes. What does that look like? So that, like... Or what is it like, I guess, for majority of the people, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we were essentially... The reason Me versus Me was created is because we were living life not as ourselves, and we started to break past what that was for us. Right. Right. So, when you're a kid, right, and you're... So, there's dimensions, and we could do another podcast episode on this, but there's relationship dimensions, right? And the first dimension of a relationship is me, 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 right? You're fully dependent on a caretaker. You're fully dependent on a provider, and when you're a kid, you're 100% dependent, right? So Because you cannot survive on your own. So you need somebody who is um, older than you, I guess, or more, more capable than you, somebody who has more resources, more knowledge to take care of you, to provide for you. That is your love language as a baby, as a, as a child. It's do I get my needs met or not? You don't have, okay, I, I, like, I prefer it when you hug me. Versus when you, I mean, sure, kids may have their preferences, but at the end of the day, it's about survival, right? So when you have somebody who's in a position of power, uh, or, or I don't want to say that, when you have somebody who is a caretaker who tells you to behave, they rarely ever tell you that from a place of love. They're telling you that reacting to some way that you're currently behaving. So when they say behave... It's so weird because it's implying that you're not behaving. Number one, to tell somebody, behave. As a little kid, I'm sure I got in trouble when I said this. It was like, I am. I am behaving. Well, it's kind of it's like that. I think you've said this um, in a couple episodes ago or whatever. But it's like a kid just playing and jumping on a table. Yeah. And the parent says something like, stop or get behave or table. get off. And to the kid, it's like... Wait, I'm just, I'm being me and I'm having fun and I'm, I'm a superhero and you're telling me to stop. So it starts there. Yeah. So because what, kids don't know that that's might be dangerous for them, but the way we tell them is what makes makes or breaks everything. A hundred percent. So if a kid is just free, being themselves, be okay. Like I want. While you're listening to this episode, I want you to keep those two words in mind. Be and have. Like, and then add some union there. Think about the behavior, right? When a kid's just free being themselves, they're not thinking. They're just being. They're, they're, they are fully themselves, authentically. And then they do something like jump on a coffee table. And then the parent gets mad. So the kid starts wondering, okay, what happens? Okay, if I am being myself, then what I will get, what I will have is an angry caretaker. And if I have an angry caretaker, then I won't get my needs met. So that's a matter of survival. So I need to be somebody else in order to have a happy caretaker. Holy crap. So the kid starts to morph who they are. And they believe... Kids know this intuitively. I can't be me and get a different outcome from you. I can't, I can't be me and get a different outcome from you. I have to become somebody else. When you're telling me to behave, I, I, I firmly believe, we, we talk about this a, uh, like 
often, we talked about this a lot last year or the year before, really, where kids, when we were having our breakthroughs, kids are superheroes. Mm-hmm. I firmly believe kids know this intuitively. They don't know, they don't have the language to explain this, but they know that behave is behave. And so now you're telling me that to be to behave, and I know that I don't want you to be angry at me because that threatens my survival. I want you to be happy, and you're telling me that I got to behave differently, so I have to become somebody else. And that's when we start straying from who we are. So then that same kid, let's just keep with the same kid, that same kid starts to enter high school, mm-hmm. and identities, everything in high mm-hmm. school, right? And you don't really know much of anything. You're just kind of lost in the fray. Yeah. Um, and I don't necessarily know if a lot of kids find themselves in high school. I think high school is just a big old whatever. Like you don't really, Shit show. yeah, you don't really know what's happening. But then you enter college and you 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 flee from your the home. home, yeah. And <clears throat> that's when things really start to get dicey because yeah. you're really realizing who you are, and you're trying to figure out what you want in life and all that life has to offer and X, Y, Z. So let's kind of talk about what that means, kind of what happens there and that's in that um, next step. Yeah. I mean, I think that the anxiety or the, uh, the lostness that shows up in college is really because you're now out of your environment. You're out of your regular environment. Maybe you're out of your environment, but like, let's say the degree you're trying to get is still very much coming from your environment. Yeah. Imagine the chaos. Yeah, exactly. Right. So like, okay, what do I want to have? Right. Or like, if I am being, okay, my parents want me to have this, my parents want me to become a doctor, right? And to have this uh, prestigious uh, degree and all that, right? And this job. They want me to have this type of life. I have to be the person that has that life. Because otherwise I won't behave in that manner and I won't have that life. Like, so I have to, my parents are essentially asking me to become somebody that I'm not. And your whole life when you're in, in, like you, you're in your adolescence and then you go to college, high school, like everything is to fit in. Everything is to fit in. You don't have the space, really, to to think for yourself of who who do I want to become. Mm-hmm. When you're in college, things start to get real because you're like, okay, this is now people start talking about the real world and things like that. So okay, what's that going to be like, right? So you're trying to figure out who you are, and that's pitted up against who your parents want you to be or who your friends and your uh, peers want you to be. Mm-hmm. And the the, consist, the constant thread here is that everything that we do is to acquire love. We do everything for love because at the core, we know that no love is no life. So without love, I can go without water. I can go without food. I can't go without love. And we know this. So we need love. Mm-hmm. And we have this inherent faith and belief in love that if I have love, then my, my, my basic survival needs, physiological needs, water, food, shelter will be taken care of. So if I can just get the love, I'm safe. 
So love equals safety for us. And when you're in college now, you start wondering, look, uh, my parents want me to be a doctor and I want to be a, I want to major in fashion design, right? Or I want to be, uh, do something in the musical arts or anything different, right? Like I'm going to major in kinesiology, like something that's just a little different. Your parents don't always react the way that you would hope them to react, Mm -hmm. right? And that we can get into a conversation about who creates that. We don't know because oftentimes if you don't think they're going to react the right way, you're going to present it in a way that's going to make them react negatively because they don't see that you have conviction in it. But the conversation that comes up is really centered around an identity crisis. Who do I want to be in this life? And the first time that I think that we really get that space to think about that is in college. Mm-hmm. Well, then we think about it, too. It's like you all throughout the adolescent years and high school you're so used to changing who you are for love. Yeah, for acceptance so, and Yeah, and so love. essentially when you're in college, that's kind of the same theme that you don't necessarily even know that you're, you're probably doing it. it. It becomes, you're right, it becomes so subconscious. It's so ingrained into who we are that if I want to have acceptance, I have to behave differently. So I mean, we brought that, both, we both brought it into our marriage. Yeah, 100%, right? And, and because we know that... Reg- this is very primal. This is ingrained into who we are. Rejection equals the fear of death for, for human beings. Like, we're tribal creatures. And way, way, way back when, if you would get outed by the tribe, then you would either get stolen by, snatched up by a rivaling tribe, or you would just die. Like, you would get killed by, you would get mauled by some beast out in the wilderness, or you would just starve to death. Starve to death. All of which equated to death. So rejection is very real for people. So I need to be accepted by my parents, by my friends, by my siblings, by society. I need to become accepted. And as long as I'm being rejected for who I am, for who I'm being, crap. You're, you're fighting for survival. And imagine all the anxiety that that causes. 100%. Or how much, how much that can bring up depression. You know, like, because you don't feel like you have a chance to be yourself. Because if you're yourself, then you might die. In an extreme sense. Yeah. That's, honestly, that's something that I battle with. Right? Where, like, I've, to this day, when I'm, like, fully myself, there's times where I get rejected. Right? So the practice is in getting more and more comfortable in... You have to start to ask the question of would I rather be rejected by others for being myself or would I rather reject myself, right? Because the real threat, the real survival is rejecting yourself. But I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Okay. Um, so college, is that's that's where we are, yeah. where um, the same kid who was jumping on a table and got yelled at for being himself is now in college wanting to do arts as right. a major instead of becoming a doctor, but because he's or she is wanting love and acceptance from the same people that raised him or her feeling just chaotic and right. unsure of everything. <clears throat> right. Um, cool. So let's say he or she becomes a doctor, mm-hmm. loves it, becomes a doctor. It's fulfilling. It was grueling, got through it, grateful, Grateful to have finished, grateful for the love and support of 
his or her family, and now it's time to settle into the world and, you know, get married, yeah. be in a relationship. Ooh, before we get into an actual relationship or marriage, I think what happens in college, too, is when you are, let's say you're dating somebody or your group of friends, mm-hmm. a lot of that starts to shape your identity as well. 100%. Who, who you're around yeah, because we all have to have an individual role, mm-hmm. but we can't be too different either. We have to be part of the tribe, but we have to con- com- uh What is the word I'm looking for? We we all have to be part of the tribe, but we have to bring something to the table, something unique. Yeah. Right. So we're always trying to find our space there. Right. Okay. This is my group of friends, and this is who they are generally. This, these are the values of the tribe. So I need to adopt those values. Right or I don't know that we make that decision consciously. I think that we kind of navigate and then. And we maybe, find a maybe, maybe you you feel like those values are something that truly speak, speak to you. 100%. So that's why you're like, oh yeah, this is awesome, and that's why a lot of people find the friends for the rest of their life in college because it's people who speak to your soul to your and soul, you connect right? to them. Yeah, and then you kind of morph what you give, what you bring to the table, and so that that's like you're saying there that shapes your identity. Yeah, really cool. So. Definitely, and that could go either way. It could either benefit you or not benefit you right. in college based off of your friend circle. Um, and then we get into marriage. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when we finally understood what the hell was happening. Any of this got t- uncovered or discovered for us because we were operating so much out of ourselves, yeah. meaning not like ourselves, for so many years and when we were in the dating phase, we were showing each other our true selves. I think that yeah. just automatically happens. Um, but then as soon as as soon as we got married, what's the name of the podcast episode that talks about Untrue that? Untrue Colors. There's an, I don't know what number it is, but it's called Untrue Colors, where we kind of dig into that. But as soon as you get married, there's a switch that flips. Mm-hmm. And it's like everything changes, and you're like, wait, why is everything so different? But I believe it's because... We go back to people pleasing. We go back to trying to be who we're not to make the other person happy. Yeah. And we're, what we're what's truly missing <clears throat> is being ourselves individually yeah. and showing up. Yeah. I think a lot of people live there for the rest of their lives, which is sad. insane. It's 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 sad, right? Um, and I think the worst part is they don't know. No, they don't. A lot of people don't know. If you're listening to this podcast, like, freaking kudos. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's so many people who just don't know that there's more. No, because they've never been, it's never been modeled for them. They've never seen more. Right? But I want to talk about why we do that. Right? When you are... They always say, like, okay, a guy who's dating... Going after a girl, right? The chase is more, brings out a better version of the guy than the the relationship does, right? Why is that? Um, you can talk about relationships there, but you can also talk about the fact that when you were interviewing for the job that you have now, mm-hmm. you were the best version of yourself. Yep. And then you get the job and you, you know, you set out your clothes a little bit before and you like, you show up and you're, you're doing you, right? You're on top of it for like a week. And then you do a little less and a little less and a little less and a little less, right? And then you get complacent. Same thing happens with relationships, 
Why does that happen? I think that a lot of it has to do, why do we start to people please? Why do we end up in our own heads? I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we know we have now something to lose. Mm-hmm. When you have, when you, when you're dating, you don't have the relationship. So you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. When you are now in the relationship, when you now have the job, you have something to lose. And the benefit is fear. in keeping it. So fear Damn. takes over. Yeah. So you're people pleasing so you can keep what you have. But as long as your fist is closed, you get nothing more. Like you don't end up with anything greater. More is not is not a thing. You're talking about maintenance. You're yeah. talking about. And then I always ask our clients, it's like, what's how much energy do you have to expend to doggy paddle? A lot. Mm-hmm. Like to try to stay even, to try to stay afloat, um, afloat yeah. is hard. And you don't make any progress. You're just trying to float, like stay where you're at. It's more effort because you're going against the laws of nature mm-hmm. to stay consistent. There's no constants in nature. But that's what we end up doing. Okay, I have these friends. I have to maintain this, right? And then now, which I think this kind of applies to the people who are listening to this podcast, then when you open the doors to wanting more, chaos shows up. Because you don't know which parts of you that you have to abandon. And you don't know if you are willing to do that or you want to do that because you know that if I change certain parts of me, that's me being differently, which is going to change something that I have. So the be and the have. So if I start to behave differently, then the results that I have in my life are going to change. So inherently in growth comes, is woven into it, is sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And if we're not willing to sacrifice this level of the relationship, then we will never get to the next level. And that's why faith is so critical because you have to believe that if I am becoming more, then I will have more. Like, I can't, I can become less, and I will have less. So, how does that law not apply? If I become more, I will have more. If I become better, I will have better. But that faith is not built into us. Or it is, and then fear takes it out. I don't know. Yeah, um, what's the, do we do an episode on the world's greatest salesman? Yep. It's also a phenomenal (laughs) episode to check out if you're more curious about that, but, Wow. Yeah. So be, have, right? So when you are, who you are determines what you get in life, what you experience, what you achieve, all of that. And if you're not getting the things that you want, you're not, it's because you're not behaving in a manner that yields those results. And if you're not behaving in a manner that yields those results, don't focus on that, focus on who you are. Who you're showing up as. If you're not behaving in a manner that is how you need to behave, then it's because you haven't aligned your identity. There's a limitation in your identity. Well, I was just going to say, we can also reverse engineer it, right? Like, figure out what you have. Just look around and see what you have. It'll tell you who you are. It'll tell you who you are. It'll tell you how you're being. And if what you have doesn't match your being then you have some work to do. Yeah. And if it's those three steps, right? Like it's, what do I have? How am I behaving? You don't even need to really focus on how am I behaving, but like what you have, your world is telling you 
who you are. And what I mean when I'm saying this, I'm saying this is not what other people are telling you you have. Mm-hmm. Forget what you cannot take anybody else's um, perspectives on what you have into account. It's your job. And only you can do that because otherwise you open the door to the world telling you who you are. And that's dangerous. What do you have in your life? Are you happy? Are you fulfilled? Are you fully alive? All these different types of things. If the answer is yes, then you are that. draw that line back to your identity. And realize that the behavior that you're exhibiting is creating that for you. And when you can get what you have, how you're behaving and who you are in alignment... That's that's when you become a force of nature. You don't ever have to focus on the what you have. You never have to focus on what am I going to get because your behavior is going to create that. Who you are. Money does not go in the dumpster. Just Nobody takes cash, walks up to a dumpster, and puts money in the dumpster. That's not where money goes. Trash goes in the dumpster. It's how it happens. The dumpster gets trash. The bank gets money. So become the bank if you want money. Don't go get money. Otherwise, you look like a dumpster walking around asking for money. Don't do that. Become the bank. Become the healthy person and good health flows to you. Become the perfect spouse. Become somebody who's loving. Become all these different types of things and, and your relationships will flow to you. That's that's the trick. It's, it's an identity shift. So be have. If you want to change what you have... You have to change who you are, and love the process. And you have, yeah, because you're not gonna. It's not gonna happen overnight. You have to be that person and continuously be that person in order to become that person. One hundred percent. You have to become that. I person. have chills. That awesome. This this. You're gonna fail. I want like. You're gonna fail. Yep. At this, and how do I know this? Because I fail at this all the time. Like, this is not uh, a one and done kind of thing. Like, this is, the more you get in life, the higher up you are. So then the further you can see. The higher you are, the further you can see. The higher you are, the further you can see. So you realize that there's more and more and more and more and more available to you in life. And it's not about the things. It's about who you become in the process. Life has never been about the things. Nobody writes on your obituary or on your tombstone, this person had this many dollars in the bank. This person had this, these cars and this house. And No, they, they talk about who you are as a person. So your legacy is 100% predicated on who you are. So set, there's a quote by Jim Rohn that says, set a goal. Set, set a goal that entices you to become the person it takes to achieve it. So set Goals that entice you to become the person that it takes to achieve it. So yes, set goals that you don't currently have access to from who you are today. Because then, inherently, your goal will require your identity to expand. Set goals that other people call crazy and impossible. Set goals that are big, that are exciting. And it's not about whether you have them or not, or you get them or not. It's about who you will become. Love it. Love it. Be, have. Behave. Just kidding. Don't behave. Behave. Boring. Behave. I feel like some Indian uncle. Behave. All right. Much love. We will see y'all next week. Bye.
Watch your mouth when I come around. I'ma shut it down. Got that sound that's gonna run the town. In and out.